everyone good morning welcome to christian professionals network i'm saying good morning because it's still early morning where i am in my time zone i'm in a different time zone from my regular time zone so it's still like past five what time is it yeah oh it's basically early morning it's not yet 6 a.m yet so good morning welcome to christian professionals network my name is Chimi Pala, and i'm privileged to be the convener of this platform where we raise, teach, and train ethical, excellent professionals who would rise, thrive, and take over their respective industries and workplaces by practically applying Bible-based principles. So I know it's probably already almost midday or late morning for some people and probably early morning for some like me, but today we're going to be talking about a topic that I decided to call concentration, concentration. So concentration, concentration used to be a game that we play we used to play we still play in some in some settings but we basically used to play growing up and when i was meditating on this scripture i think it was last week and um, the holy spirit opened my eyes to see the message in it i just figured it was going to be an apt topic for for it and this is not really concentration concentration in terms of the game well in a way it is actually but the focus is our focus scripture, our text scripture, I'm reading from Second Timothy chapter 2. The text focus is verse 15, but I'm going to read from verse 14 through 18. And today's podcast, I'm going to be reading from the message translation. I normally do NIV most times, but times for emphasis or to basically bring out the message, we do other translations. So today I'm going to be reading the message translation and we're really talking about eye service in the workplace <laughs> so yes i know at times it seems like it doesn't like tally okay concentration concentration eye service we'll see okay so just work with me on this i'm reading from verse 14 second timothy chapter 2 repeat these basic essentials over and over to god's people warn them before god against pious nitpicking which chips away at the faith it just wears everyone out you know if you are that colleague direct report leader team member basically colleague in any capacity that is always fault finding and nitpicking means flash let me tell you now you are wearing everybody out people are going to start avoiding you in meetings they will avoid involving you in projects they basically avoid involving in anything that they want that they really want to move forward. It's one thing to be meticulous and to pay attention to detail. It's another thing to be a fault finder or a nitpicker. There are two different things though. And I learned it over time. So just like the way at times people confuse in the professional world, people confuse audits and forensics. They are two different things. Audit is fact finding. You are looking for facts. You are looking for facts to probably arrive at a conclusion or to make an inference or something. Basically, you are finding, you are trying to, what's the word now, pull out and identify or isolate or basically just, um, what's the word now, extract existing facts to arrive at an inference or to consolidate or compile a report. That's what audit is, fact finding. Guess what forensics is? And I have someone 
who I know, basically like a family friend, or should I say we kind of grew up, we grew up together in our younger years, who is into forensics, for, and she's, she's really good at it. Forensics is fault finding. You see, they're two different things. So, are you, I, I'm, I'm not speaking in professional capacity because I'm no auditor. I'm not, I don't think I'm a forensics expert too. But I'm just saying in terms of your attitude and your approach to work, to projects, to tasks, to KPIs, to every, to BAU. Because at times it does not have to be a major task. It can just be your business and usually your everyday job. Are you a constant nitpicker? Are you a constant forensics colleague? Or are you an, in quotes, in parentheses, auditor? Are you the type that would seek out facts to ensure that the things that you're doing or the information you're providing or the reports you're sending through is accurate, it's on time, is backed by the right information and evidence and all that. That's fantastic. Those kind of people, people like to work with. That's the, in quote, audit behavior. So I'm using these two professions for the sake of context, not literally. I hope you understand what I mean. Then forensics is fault finding. When you are constantly nitpicking, you are finding fault. You keep looking for holes and gaps in everything. You try to identify problem. And the annoying part is when you are now always identifying problem and you never prove solution. Now when a hey God, I think this will annoy me especially. So I'm like, this problem you have put forth now. So somebody else should think of the solution. It's not a bad idea to have to identify problems. But please, while you are at it. Also be thinking solution. How can we solve this problem? It's not, is it this problem? I've done my part. I've, um, I've identified the problem. Somebody else should prefer the solution. And yes, there are some times really that there's a huge or there's a major gap that needs to be called out. And you probably don't have an idea of how to arrive at the solution just yet. It's the approach you take. If you take that same approach, okay, guys, it seems like we have this problem. We're here, 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 here. You have identified these major gaps and it can actually constitute major setbacks for this task, work, project, team, um, whatever the case as it applies. However, I'd like us to also basically, let's huddle, let's brainstorm and see how we can arrive at a solution. You are still working towards preferring a solution, even if you don't have it. So preferring a solution does not mean that you necessarily, you must identify the problem and prefer the solution. It's the, but if it's well doomed, all of you are doomed, see this problem, this thing is, is destroyed before it even started. Gap one, gap two, gap three, gap four. That's fact. That's fault finding. You keep looking for loopholes. You, people like that, in case you don't know, <laughs> the personality or temperaments that can be highly susceptible to this most times are the melancholies because we can be emphasis on we. Yes, I am a melancholy. We can be perfectionists. We can be, so the strength can also be a weakness. You pay attention to detail if you are, if you are melancholy that has basically, should I say, come into your own in terms of your temperament. You pay attention to details. You most melancholy, should I say, a good number of well-trained melancholies are quite good in terms of being meticulous, paying attention to details. They don't miss a bit. You ten people can look at something and then a melancholy will look at it and see something different and everybody like how come that was there i used i have um i used to have a line manager oh my god i think i worked with how many of them there's one particular one <laughs> calling her ego eyes an understatement i don't even know 
I think it was more like winch eye. <laughs> Sorry for my Nigerian. <laughs> no, winch eye. It was way beyond ego eye. Like, for someone like me back then, I used to believe that I was a perfectionist and I paid attention to detail to an extent. I would literally review documents to the point that, you know where your eyes are dizzy, you can't see anything again in the lines because you have read and reviewed and reviewed so many times just to ensure that I don't get red lines or red circles or highlights or corrections on the document. But by the time you get to her, she says, this, 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 this. I'm like, what? How? <laughs> Literally, sometimes I'm like, no, you put that thing there. It wasn't there. And honestly, most times she was actually correct. So people like that also sharpen and hone your, your meticulousness in terms of delivering excellent work. But the problem is when you now take that to the extreme and you now turn it to nitpicking. And in this case, like the Bible says, piles nitpicking. Because it's not only in the workplace. Some people even do it in church. It means you're working on projects with people. We just want to go and um, save lives. We just want to go and do evangelism. Or we just want to go and show love to people. You keep, eh, but what if, but this, but you, you wear everybody out. If you are constantly nitpicking fault-finding instead of fact-finding to arrive at a solution or a clear direction, you would wear people out. And guess what? People, there are some people that, honestly, even me in my workplace, there are some people that when I'm leading a project, they don't make my list and it's very intentional. I avoid them. Literally, you just walk around them because it's a case of, I, mean, I want this work to move forward. I don't want someone to come here and be doomsday. So, just in case you're like that, please be intentional, like the Bible says. Literally, say that they are warning us against you people. <laughs> it's not me, it's in the Bible. They are warning, say, warn them. <laughs> they are warning us. I'm literally drawing and pulling my ears. I'm saying this. They are warning us against you people. It wears everyone out. But now, where I'm going, concentration, concentration, concentration. Remember, verse 15, which is our focus text. Concentrate on doing your best for God. Like, I feel like. The, the crux and the meat of the message most times that we share in Christian Professionals Network is excellence of a Christian, or the excellence demanded, the excellence demanded, required, and expected of a Christian professional. Because I, I, I just feel like maybe at times, I don't know, I've never really done, it's an intentional sampling, but I feel like at times 80% of our message speaks to that. So honestly, I believe it must be really important to God for it to always be emphasized every time through various scriptures. You know, half of the time when we're talking about Daniel, we're talking about character excellence, etc. Or is it Jesus? Or is it Joseph? So many examples. Is it Jacob? What the different podcasts and clubhouse meetings we've done. And here I am now looking at Ogapol in the Testament. He's someone that we've not really um, delved very deeply into. And let's see as the Holy Spirit leads us, because that's also someone that did an excellent job in terms of his work. Literally, he delivered, what, about one-third of the New, New Testament. And he was not even the newest employee. He was the last employed in terms of Jesus' disciples. But um, back to what I'm saying. Concentration, concentration. <laughs> Verse 15. Concentrate on doing your best for God. Work you will not be ashamed of. You see the standards. You see it every time when I'm saying it. You see it is in the Bible. It's not just because I like to drag on this. It's because God emphasizes on it. And honestly, it will make you stand out if you understand and you catch this and you make it part of your daily work life or professional life. It says... Basically, doing your best for God, work you will not be ashamed of. 
some of us do work that like ask yourself this this standard that i'm delivering this work i'm doing like this if my name my identity my stamp is put on it will i be proud of it if you're doing work that you are ashamed of then you're not doing your best for god remember the way god spoke to was not king when he was throwing tantrums you promoted gave him abel you increased the salary you have increased you have you promoted him you did not promote me and god is like why are you throwing tantrums in genesis the first appraisal that was done in the Bible, remember, maybe we should even address that one of these days. The first appraisal that was done in the Bible was Cain and Abel, if I, if I recall correctly, at least the first one I remember. I don't know, um, Adam and Eve, most times when, I, when we read uh, their stories, usually about marriage, obedience, who knows, maybe there's a story there also in terms of professional settings, but I've not gotten the revelation yet on that. But Cain and Abel, Basically, it was one of the early appraisals that was done in the Bible. Let me put it that way. And Cain brought his own. He did shoddy work, barest minimum. You know that annoying phrase, barest minimum. That's what Cain did. Abel brought his best, did his best work, knocked off his KPI above and beyond. And of course, God promoted him because God too does not like shoddy work. Did he build this earth in a way that um, if you are standing, the earth is circular, you are standing diagonally, you are not standing straight. Imagine if there's no gravity. You wake up, you don't know if you are going up or going down. God did a perfect, excellent work. If this earth is spoiling now, we as human beings are spoiling it. God did a perfect job. He took his time in those six days to create perfect. Even you as a human being, he made you perfect. If it is spoiling, is the thing you are eating, is the way you are not taking care of the body. It's not God. God God's part is perfect. It's you that is not taking care of the body he has created. It's you that is not feeding the mind with the right things. It's you that is not training and growing your spirit. Any fault, just look in the mirror. But let's not even go there. So that's how Abel was now promoted to case training tantrums. What's all this rubbish? I'm his older brother. Why would you why would you promote him over me? Yeah, I joined this organization before him. Because really, you know we juxtapose here. I was born before him. How can he just come? In less than one year, he's already promoted. God is like, why are you throwing tantrums? If you do well, will you not be accepted? Like literally, if you do a great job, will you not be promoted? So here now the Bible is telling us, Paul has told us, Uncle Paul, Oga Paul has told us. Concentrate on doing your best for God. She see you eye service people. You are doing yourself a great disservice. It's very detrimental. You know the problem with eye service? You are doing it for one person or two people or just a group of people. Hoping that they are watching so they can reward you. It's so limiting. It's so limiting. Because the truth is, doing your best for God pays off holistically across board and all stakeholders both the ones you don't know are watching and the ones that are intentionally watching i services that you segregate the stakeholders to whom you decide to put your best foot forward for forgetting that at times it's those ones that you think that are immaterial inconsequential or irrelevant or that are not even watching at times that could have the key to your growth promotion or redemption, let's even say you're looking to leave a bad system. So I service is so limiting. Like, why would you want to restrict your best to just one person or a particular set of people when you can do it holistically? And that's really what doing your best for God. Doing your best for God is is basically doing excellent work at every time for every stakeholder, top, bottom, across um, um, across all board. You are not segregating, you're not selecting, oh, 
because my line manager is interested in this function, this way I want to do. Mm-mm. Basically, doing your best for God is doing your best knowing that the one that is watching you is everywhere, sees everything, even the ones that the people that are, the humans that are rating you don't see. So, guess what? When you realize that God is everywhere, always with you and sees everything, think about it. Will you not always do your best? Because then he's the focus of your actions and your results is the one that drives your results. My people manager does not follow me. To my, in fact, she, she does not stand over my head to watch the meals I send. I could send meals to her and I'll be excellent about that or project directly with her. But there are some tasks that I, tasks that I do at times that she doesn't really have full sight of because it's probably been, I, I, I'm the one that gets to manage or supervise it end to end. Imagine if I now do those ones haphazardly or shoddily or shabbily. Yeah, they want this the word is shabbily with with without giving it so much care or attention or excellence because it's not really directly under her purview and then only focusing concentrating on my best on the ones that she direct she has a direct line of sight so i'm doing myself a disservice doing your best for god is realizing that god is the ultimate one we work for i say it all the time he's one that rewards he just uses different channels whether it's our workplace the system or wherever you are to reward you but he's the one that rewards so knowing that he's with you everywhere and whomever you're working with dealing with whatever task and project he is watching even when humans that rate you pay you or praise you are not how can you feel that way how can you flail literally that way that's what joseph was doing he did not say i've moved from prison now i've moved from potiphar's house to prison i beg this best thing is overrated imagine if he was doing shoddy work in prison because it's prison like really who can possibly help him in prison like all of you are criminals it's prison not for criminals so how can a criminal help another criminal Imagine if he had that attitude, not knowing that the king's butler, who will soon be released, was inside that place. Imagine if he thought, my best is only for Potiphar. I mean, he's paying me. He's the one that can promote me until his wife misbehaved. Now that I'm in prison, I beg, let's pocket that best. Let me be hoping that when I get out of here, I will continue doing my best. But for here, barest minimum. Do you think he would have ever gotten out of that prison? Do you think he would have ever become a prime minister or be promoted? So you see why eye service is, is really a disservice to yourself. Because if you're doing your best for God, then you're doing your best holistically, knowing that God is everywhere and he sees everything, even when man is not watching. That way automatically, even logically, you cannot fail. I don't want to say you, can, you cannot be flawed, not F-L-A-W-E-D, F-L-O-O-R-E-D. Because you are always putting your best foot forward. <clears throat> excuse me, regardless of who is involved, because you're doing it as God is watching. But the funny thing is, when God is watching, you don't even know the humans that he's positioning also to watch. At times, it's my stakeholders that you don't think. See Neyman now, who helped him? Is he not his house girl? Intel. Imagine if it was a wicked boss, he chose to be nice to only his um, line managers upwards and his direct reporters switching them anyhow. That girl will have his cure and that leprosy will kill him. <clears throat> excuse me. So whenever you're doing eye service, concentrate, 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 as in concentration, concentration, concentrate on doing your best for God. As in, it's, it has to be, it's, it's an intentional act. You have to do it with intentionality, like knowing that God is everywhere. I'm not going to stay back till 6 p.m. because my people manager is sitting in the office. No, I'm going to stay back to do my work because I'm not done with my work. Not because somebody's watching me. If there's anyone watching me, he's everywhere. 
So really, who am I trying to deceive? So you see why I service is a disservice. You have segregated stakeholders and you don't know if the ones that you have segregated segregated out are part of the ones that God has placed in the path to basically bless you or serve as what's the word now stepping stones to your next level because in your mind you're very limited myopic mind you have done the stakeholder mapping and you have just told yourself this can only be the critical stakeholders so please concentrate on doing your best for god rid yourself of this eye service i was hoping we could delve in more into this but maybe we'll have a second part of the concentration concentration but i hope this has blessed someone today and as you go out yes it's still early morning my time if it's already midday your time <laughs> this will still bless you um i pray that god will give us the strength the wisdom and the discipline it takes discipline to concentrate on always always doing your best for god as a christian professional god bless you have a splendid day bye